Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, and today I'm going to be discussing episode 8 of Andor, the latest episode of the most recent Star Wars show, and one that I've been raving about, or a show at least, I've been raving about for a few weeks now, for the two or three episodes I've been able to talk about of this show. I've been wanting to get back and review this show weekly, but I'm just very busy at the moment, and I don't really know how long I can keep up just doing weekly reviews for all the Disney Plus shows. But I, hope, but I wanted to talk about this episode because I do have a very free week at the minute and I can talk about this. And this was a very another very, very good episode. Now, of course, I will be getting into spoilers, so I'm just going to give you a quick warning. But just to give my general thought, honestly, my thoughts just don't change because I think every episode is just such a great episode and it's so mature, has such a great tone, and it's just always very focused on its characters as well as just showing you this spark of a rebellion that's coming. And I just think all the episodes have done such a great job of showing that and balancing all the different storylines. And I think this episode and all the other ones are almost all on the same level of quality. I mean, there's not really an episode I can point to and say, but this is worse than that episode. No, I think that all the episodes kind of do a good job of blending together in a complete, not in the way of, oh, it's forgettable, but in a way of seeing the story as a complete through line. I think this show actually works a bit more as like chunks i just think of it more as episode chunks so reviewing a whole episode like one episode individually i almost think is a bit awkward and i don't know if that's going to come across in this review but i wanted to talk about this episode so let's get in discussing it with spoilers so starting off we start off with i'm going to go into in terms of storylines because again this show jumps around a lot but i think in a way that works for the most part but I'm going to go in terms of storyline to make it a bit easier because if I kept cutting around, it would be the most confusing review and recap in the history of mankind. So I'm just going to jump through it in story through storyline. And since it is so connected to the other episodes, I'm not going to be surprised if this review, although I feel like I say this every single week, ends up being shorter than my usual breakdowns because the episodes are just so... The, the individual storylines don't have much to them each episode, but they're just slowly building and just winding to a payoff and I think that's why maybe the reviews for this show might be a bit shorter at least in my personal opinion but starting right off with Dedra and the ISB we continue the storyline of her unraveling the mystery in Morlana 1 and what's going on this rebellion they've obviously been discovering hints at a rebellion growing we see her in this episode discussing how she there's someone's connected to all these rebellious movements and they've labeled them Axis and obviously that is Stellan Skarsgård's character, uh, which is Luthen, but obviously they don't really know who he is. And really what we get in this episode is her talking to the former deputy inspector, which was Lieutenant, Car- Lieutenant Karn, and, or Cyril, whatever you want, you would like to call him. And he obviously um, tried to give information to the previous lieutenant, but obviously the Merlana one system was handed to... Um, to uh, to uh, Dedra by the Admiral of the ISB and now she's looking into what really happened and learning that indeed a lot of the information that was in the report from the incident at Ferrix in episode 3 was wrong we get him checking that and him not actually realizing that a lot of the information that he gave to the lieutenant was actually wrong we kind of see him learning in this episode that the report they put out on the Ferris incident 
was completely wrong. And I just think that I like the way they revealed that and how they forced him to sign it. And it really shows the corruption, I guess you could say, inside of the Empire. Even though they're all trying to work to the same thing, some of them just really try to get around things. And I like that there's hints of that here. And they're trying to look into access, but unfortunately, the character of um, Karn doesn't actually have any information on how he looks like. Now, Karn does also want does also want to join the Empire, and they have a little standoff where he wants to join, and I like that he's stepping up. And I feel like this is such an interesting character that I honestly thought we were going to ignore after Episode 3, but they've really gone into him. And while I think, yeah, his storyline's definitely moved fairly slowly, I like what they're building up with him, for me personally. I just think that the character itself, this guy who really wants to actually help the Empire, especially when you have people in the Empire who are being lazy and are just passing off things to not deal with them, someone who really wants actually bring like order to the galaxy but he's just not being accepted into the empire because of this one mistake he made and getting ahead of himself and i just like the concept of this character and i really hope they go into it more and i really do think the character will almost definitely have a very very harsh fate in this first season i really don't think he's making it past the season but i guess we'll find out and we also get Dedra putting on a bit of an, an act in front of Bix at the end. At the end, she does try to cap, she does capture Bix on Ferox to get information about where Andor is. And that's really where we leave off her storyline in this episode. And now going into Bix and the storyline going on on Ferox. So we start off with her as well as Brasso, who's, who's Andor's friend, who we haven't really seen since the first arc of the show back in the earlier episodes. We get her and Brasso taking care of Andor's mom, who we learn is sick because she fell. If she's sick, she's, she's not having the best breathing. She's injured because she fell over and because she was trying to look for pathways for the rebellion to come in. Now, all this was obviously teased in last week's episode when Andor left, wanted to take um, Marvel with him, but she didn't want to go. And because of this, Andor... Because Bix wants to find Andor, let her know that her mother, his mother's really not well. And she would know that Andor would really want to come back to help her. But as soon as she tries looking for Andor and tries contacting him through Luthen, the line gets closed off and all the frequencies from Coruscant and Luthen and his little setup to Ferrix and uh, Bix is completely closed off. And because of this, she is pretty much just stuck at nowhere. And then the really blasting we see of her in this episode is her later in the episode with Brasso, where one of the people who lives in Ferrix and the town they live in gets kidnapped. And it's kind of to draw out a big crowd so that they can get Bix, apparently. And again, the episode closes off with Bix getting ready for interrogation, I'm assuming from Dedra and the ISB, trying to find out where Andor is, now learning his name from, uh, from Karn, who has been flying, filing a lot of requests that are false, trying to find out where Cassian Andor is. Now going on to talk about Luthen again, not much with him in this episode, and I think they've kind of underused the character just a little bit because he's one of my favorite characters. I'm a big fan of Stellan Skarsgård. I think he's just such an underused actor in everything he appears in, and I really thought he was almost going to be the cold heat in here. He's not getting, getting as much screen time as I expected, but I do think we'll get more, and I really do hope he makes it past this first season into the second. And I actually do think Stellan Skarsgård has confirmed that he will be shooting season two, actually. I guess I shouldn't really worry too much about that. But there's not much here, but he is trying to find Andor, just like Bix, but for completely different reasons. He really just wants to put aside, just kind of get rid of this little bug on, on the side of his head. Just something that's really bothering his potential rebellion 
and we get him trying to catch up with Vel and Sinta, who are now on Ferrix. Just to mention them really quickly, Sinta decides to stay on Ferrix and wait if Andor ever returns, but Vel does leave to try and search for Andor or someone else. They also tease a relationship between those two characters, but I haven't really felt a connection to that level, and I do hope they go into that more. I don't know if we'll ever see the characters again, and I just don't think I care enough about those two characters specifically for that to have really been interesting. And I'm really, I was really fascinated by how they actually brought that up in this episode. But going back to Luthen, really the main thing we've got to talk about Luthen in this episode is his intera- interaction with Saul Guerrero. Once again with Forrest Whitaker, I believe, returning to play the character. And finally, I also do like that we finally get no more disguise on him. He's actually full-on Luthen, and we haven't seen that since like episode 3, which I think is still probably my personal favorite episode, even though I said can't really distinguish the episodes in terms of their quality. But I like how Luthen goes to talk to Saw Gerrera. And this conversation right here to me was the highlight of this episode. Even though this whole episode was great, I really, really loved this conversation. Because it kind of showed to me how similar Saw and Luthen are, yet like they're just on opposite sides of Brenton. But also, they just don't really realize this. Because they both have an opinion on the Empire that's very similar. But they're just going about dealing with it in such different ways. But yet they're both hiding. And I just think the way they contrast on screen is so interesting. And I just really hope we get more of Saw Gerrera. But the, the teases we saw him in the trailer were only in this one scene. So I don't think we're going to get any more of him, at least in this season. But I think the dynamic with the two was so good. And just having these two powerhouse perform- performers interacting in the Star Wars universe was something that we don't get very often. And you really felt it. And speaking of powerhouse actors, we'll get to the other one later in the episode and i just like saw guerrero's place in all this he's very much on these slight slight outskirts of joining the rebellion he never quite gets there but you can tell that he's aiming for something similar he just doesn't want to risk his people at least within this scene and luthan goes to talk to saw guerrero and luthan's pretty much there to sell him some parts but also to get him to work with this one person that luthan's setting up who's going who's on a mission and needs some air support However, Saw, Saw doesn't want to do this because he doesn't want to risk his men, doesn't want to do what Luthen wants. And because of this, Luthen decides not to sell his items. And, and that's what really he was there to meet about. And also, I like how they reference how Luthen is very much in hiding and scared of what the Empire could do. And this is really him at his most honest, in my opinion. And I really like that they also mention how he wants everyone to work together for the rebellion against the Empire. I know that's really the only way they're going to have the proper numbers to deal with the Empire. And I like that they brought that up. And overall, this whole interaction was just brilliant. And just the writing on this show, I really appreciated that it's pulling no punches in getting real into like the political talk and not trying to just ease, make it easy for people watching. And I really appreciated that personally. When it comes to Mon Mothma, there's nothing really to talk about in this episode. We do have her continuing trying to reconnect with her, her former friend from their planet, Tay, who's come to visit. She's trying to raise money for the rebellion and get things moving on the Coruscant side of things, although she was a bit disheartened and a bit worried by what Luthen decided to do with the garrison in previous episodes as we saw. But the Imperial's clearly um, hammering down and just it's making it harder for her and Tay to manage to raise this money. And Tay is obviously someone who clearly doesn't really, isn't really a big fan of the Empire either, but is also working under them like Mon, but is not directly rebelling against them. And I like that they brought that up. And I like those two characters working together. And I hope we learn more about 
what their relationship actually is and how long they've known each other and what makes Mon Mothma Mon Mothma see him as so trustworthy and I'm, I definitely think he's a character that will absolutely not make it out of this series because I really do think obviously although they created this character after it just really wouldn't make sense for this character to make it beyond anything in the series in my opinion in closing out this review let's talk about Andor's side of the story and the really interesting to me was that with last week's episode as a lot of people pointed out it actually felt like Andor's storyline was almost given the least amount of time to breathe and the least it was just the least interesting and right now I feel like every other storyline that I've talked about in some way you can absolutely see all the links but Andor's storyline is probably the most separate but still tying into the themes of the rebellion in terms of this show. So there's not actually much to talk about, even though it might get the most screen time. Andor gets to, gets taken to a prison on Narkina 5, which is also the title of the episode. He gets sent here because, I'm assuming, originally thought because of where he comes from, but then they judged him based off their physicality, and it looked like Andor was ready to do a lot of labor, so they took him to the system where all they do is pretty much work the whole day, and he does get the day shift. And that's kind of the code. And this is where the biggest episode of the surprise came. Well, firstly, just the way they control these guys. They don't even use guns. They just use this thing where they completely send them into... They just completely fry them, basically, as they say. And I thought that was pretty brutal. But the biggest surprise of this episode, and one of the most pleasant things I've seen, and most exciting things in Star Wars recently, is seeing Andy Serkis in the Star Wars universe. But not as Snoke, as a new character named Kino Loy. And obviously, when I first saw him, I was surprised. And I didn't... Well, at first, I just didn't expect to see him. And I did look up whether this was officially announced. And from what I could gather, this was rumored about a year back. Some people were even speculating he could be playing Snoke in this. But obviously, he came for an actual character. And I always thought he was very underused as Snoke. But he provided such a good voice in that role. And that character ended up meaning absolutely nothing in the sequel trilogy. So I can completely get that. But with Andy Serkis as this character... I really liked what we got to see. We learned that he's also a convict, also in prison, and that his sentence is wrapping up within the next year while Andor has six to go. And it was just so interesting to me to see how a prisoner could become this, have this much control over everyone else and be this invested in working for the Empire and giving himself good credit. I just really like the idea of this character. And I don't think we're going to get much of him, but man, it's just so cool. That firstly, Andy Serkis, and I just thought the gravitas he brings, which I think every time I see Andy Serkis, you'll be hard-pressed to not, meet, not hear me say the word gravitas, because that's just what I, what I see when I think of Andy Serkis. And I just think, again, he's just one of the most very underused actors in Hollywood. And every time I see him in a movie, he has such a small role, but I always love what he brings to these movies. He's got another one of those like legacy actors, kind of like Stone Skarsgård, that I like that they're bringing in into this universe and Star Wars. And obviously, he's the floor room manager. And in this prison, we see that they're kind of competing and that the different tables in each room are competing with each other to get better food. And if they lose, they get fried. But they're also competing. But Andy Serkis' character is competing. Kino Loy is competing with the other rooms and the other floor managers. And I like that that element they threw in there. Not much about, you know, which rooms are actually better and how this tape, how the tables and rooms are doing. But I like that. It just felt so depressing in this prison. A lot of intense work and the characters you have characters going as far as almost it came across to me i'm not sure if i misinterpreted it, as the character pretty much committing suicide while he was sleeping now again they do mention sleepwalking but i don't think that's what it was and just them going that far in this episode i didn't expect unless i completely misinterpreted it which is very very possible but it's something i noticed and another thing i really liked was when 
we got to see that we got to see the prisoners inside wanting to know about the outside and how they're going to shorten the sentences or how whether they're going to be extended because of the attack on the garrison on Aldani. Like word gets out, but Andor really comes off as knowing nothing about it when really he does have some idea, but all he knows is that his his sentence was extended from six months to six years and how he was again put in there for nothing, which they also mentioned has kind of been happening a lot lately because the empire's been hammering down and really wanting to get rid of this rebellion. And I like that there's also a reference to that. And ending off this review, another thing that I really liked was the way Diego Luna played Andor and how the directing by Toby Haynes showed his feelings. Because it always, whenever, as soon as we got to the prison, and also when he was in the transport, getting to the prison, which almost looked like the First Order transporters, which we got in The Force Awakens for like 10 seconds, and they made it into a Lego set, making it a big deal, like we were going to get more of him. But anyways, it, it always showed me that his character was just very actually scared. And it sh- and I really liked the way he portrayed how Andor just knew he wasn't getting out. And just every time looking outside into the air whenever he could and just hoping someone would come rescue him. And I liked the way they showed that. So another great episode of Andor, really just this end with the shot of them working. And I really liked this episode. It was another fantastic episode. And I cannot wait to the next episode. And we've only got four episodes left. We're two-thirds of the way through the season. I almost feel like this is the first Disney Plus show that feels like an actual season. And the episode, 53 minutes long, obviously taking away credits, it's more like 45, if not less. But I think they're just right at the perfect run times for me. So with that said, thank you guys so much for listening to this review. I hope you guys also liked and or episode 8. And I'll talk to you as soon with more reviews in the coming days. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.